Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. appear I may be in the minority on this situation, but I think this Dexter Loomis and Miss storyline is pretty garbage. No. <laughs> Basically, no. You're wrong. No, well, wait, wait, do you know what? We're going to speak facts straight. Okay. And we're going to speak facts. No. We're going to speak facts. Facts first. Okay. Then we'll get into some opinions. Okay. But before we do that, hello everyone and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast review of Monday Night Raw. I am Luke Owen, D-A-D, and I'm joined by Dan Layton. Would you believe? I, I think people like to have gimmick names. You know, we've got yeah, Chopper I haven't got P- one yet. We've got Chopper Pete Quinnell, Tempest. I was even calling you Professor Dan Layton. I'm with that. Yeah, that works for me. Yeah. But we'll take that straight away. Professor Dan Layton is joining us here for the Raw review. Please do give us the thumbs up. Press the subscribe button if you haven't already. And if you're watching this live, get in your ultra chat to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We will read out all of them above the five US dollar amounts. None of your Canadian or Australian dollars. I don't want them. The stink. <laughs> and while you're in the process of clicking links, why don't you click the link to this episode's sponsor, oh. Incogni. Goodness now, me. Dan. Well. In this episode of Raw, mm. we saw that The Miz had his home invaded. That's true. That's what happened. He is in need of protection. Yeah, he could, you could use it right about now. He could use some... He could, he could use it last night. He could, oh, absolutely. It really could. And actually, yeah. for future reference, yeah. he could do with some protection. Yeah. And actually, The Miz doesn't just need protection for his home. Mm. He needs protection for his data. Oh, that's hugely important. Because in this world, I don't know how many of you actually know of this, there are companies out there, nefarious companies, mm. who are buying your data and then are selling that data to other companies who then buy it from other companies and sell it to other companies and a big old web of things just spreads around. And we don't love to see that. Do That's not the love opposite to see of things we love to see. Those are things like your name, where you live, your contact yeah. number, your social security number, your national insurance number if you're in the United Kingdom, your sex, your sexual preferences. All this sort of thing is data that is being sold by companies to other companies for nefarious means. Presum- I mean, Nefarious is exactly the word for I, it, thank I you. I can't imagine they're buying them for good means. No, no nefarious purposes. But the great thing about the internet is that 
you actually have the legal right to have that data removed from their databases. Fight back. But to do so would take you far too long because there's so many of them. And that is where Incogni comes in because Incogni is a service that we use here in the WrestleTalk office that basically just goes out. It's a broker for you. Mm. They go out and they remove your data from all of these databases. Like a Hoover. You're like a, like a little vacuum cleaner. Hoover's a brand name. Yeah. And it's a little oh, vacuum cleaner. Other suction devices are available. And then basically you get a little email and a little notification. You can log into your dashboard and find out how many cases you've got ongoing, Same how many account. have been resolved. It's a fabulous, fabulous little service. And here's the real brilliance of this here. The first 100 people that use our link and use our promo code WTPODCAST get 20% off at 20%? Out. Yeah, the first 100 people to use the link and the promo code WTPODCAST. I love a discount. Me too. Famously. And you've got to be quick. Because if the if, you don't want to be the 101st person. That, no one ever wants to be the 101st person. Absolutely not. And if you're watching this on demand. History doesn't remember the 101st person. I'll <laughs> tell you that now. So thank you to Incogni for sponsoring this episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. On to our topic at hand here, Daniel. Yeah. Professor Daniel Layton. I'll have a, in future, I'll have a jacket. And a big top hat, if uh, you don't mind. Okay, yes. Okay, I, I was thinking more like keels or other uh, skincare brands are available <laughs> um i i but now i yeah maybe professor Layton with the brown was very yeah you know, brown the brown hat big big hat i'll, I'll like speak that. in riddles yeah i mean perhaps you can solve this riddle for me okay I, i'll do my best let's so, endeavor i am gonna just lay out the facts right of yep. this segment go ahead earlier today on the show that is the Miz was doing an interview from his house, brought a camera crew to film an interview at his house because he doesn't feel comfortable being in arenas because Dexter Loomis has abducted him yeah. on several occasions. Stroked his hair. Stroked his hair, ridden with him in the back of the car, where to Stephanie and all that jazz. So he is afraid of Dexter Loomis and he wants to do this in his house. In this segment, his children ran up to him mm. in their pajamas. They did do that. And the Miz was like, hey, my darling, beautiful children, yeah. are you ready to go to bed? And the kid said, yes, daddy, we are. I love you, daddy. Full of adrenaline for like, going to bed. Yeah. Oh, well, but kids often are. I, I'm not familiar. <laughs> so they, like, they are full of adrenaline. They are happy to see their father. Mm. And they are going off. It was very, it was very royal. It was, yeah. And they're going off to be tucked up in bed, presumably one of, by one of Miz's housekeepers. Well, there you go. Maurice walks in. Maurice, his wife, is also there. And she says, Miz, I don't know what you're worried about. We are very well protected in this house. We've got a huge gate <laughs> surrounding us. We have security. There's a camera crew here. Nothing she bad can that. happen yeah. to this. All the while, there's various shots of Dexter Loomis watching them through <laughs> the window. Yeah, there are, yeah, that's true. And no one, no, one, no one sees him. No one sees him doing this. Yeah. And then Miz and Maurice are going to... A premiere. They say a premiere. A premiere. They said uh, we got a premiere tonight. What do you think the premiere was for? Um, uh, David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future. That's uh, incredible, which is very apropos for what was about to happen there in this segment. So they then leave, and the camera crew stays behind, presumably to pack up. Right. And the Miz has just been like, I trust you guys to not steal anything from my house. Yeah. Um, we've got security around here. And we work together. We work together. So I expect you to be gone when we're home mm. from this premiere of David Cronenberg's mm. Crimes, Crimes of the Future. Crimes of the Future. And they leave. And the cameraman turns back to the house. And who is in the house but Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis is in the house. He's inside. The call is coming from inside the house. And the call is Dexter Loomis in human form. Yeah. And he is drawing a picture 
very, very quickly drawn picture. I was going to say, I believe he's already drawn it. It looks like he's just signing it. Oh, is he just signing I the would, picture? I believe. If we're going to be on facts, Luke, yeah. if you're going to preface this with the facts... Absolutely. You're 100% right. Thank you. He then holds up this picture does. to the cameraman. To display. And he looks directly down the lens. And it's a picture of Ms. and Mrs. and their children. Yeah. And he has this look in his eyes that said, I am going to do things to this family. I don't know. Again, that's that's conjecture and subjectiveness. It, the look in his eyes just honestly looks like I have been told I'm not to blink and I'm struggling to keep going. Yes. That's the that's the look in his eyes. Okay, well, okay, but okay I will stick into the facts then. He drew a picture yeah, he did do that. of a family with children. He's a big fan of Ms. and Mrs. And he held it up to this camera. Yeah. And the cameraman did nothing in this scenario. No. And then uh, the announced team, bar Corey Graves, sort of just moved on. Acted like nothing had happened. Yeah. And Corey Graves... Lost his little mind. The heel commentator yeah. is out there being like, what is going on? <laughs> Why did the cameraman <laughs> do nothing in this scenario? Correct. Yeah. Okay. We've, we've established the fact now. And yeah. Jimmy Smith's like, I mean, coming up next, attention, Dominic Mysterio. And <laughs> Why then, are we and Corey's to... like, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, cool. Those are the Those facts. Are, yes, they are. I can't disagree with you on that. I, in my review, said, how is this man the baby face? And yeah. some people have said to me, he is not the baby face. This is where I was going to come down. We haven't established what he is exactly. Okay. I'm I'm not... No one is cheer... We, <laughs> right, right, right. We don't know what his MO is. We don't know what he's doing. The Miz won't tell us. The Miz won't tell us. He might just be like... Quietly encouraging him. He might just be like, Miz, you're a two-time Grand Slam champion. You, you should be not just on a reality television show. Come on, you got No, we don't know this. We don't know what he's doing. So how can you assert that he is babyface or heel? Because he abducted him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then no, he, he didn't abduct him. He, he did. did. He oh, stole yeah, he him did. from the yeah. arena no, that yeah, one yeah, time. Yeah, I agree. I, I was, in my head, I was imagining he just he just took a joyride. No, and he also he took a joyride he in the that. back of a man's he car. allowed Miz to use the carpool lane. And, <laughs> and then broke into a man's home. Broke into his fortress, apparently. He just was needed the bathroom, perhaps. Wanted to present him with a lovely piece of art that he'd drawn. And then... With his children tucked up into bed. Yeah, now here we broke go. Broke into a house and drew a picture of children. Yeah, he did do that. Now, I will I will say, um, untoward from Dexter. On yeah, that yeah, front. yeah. Mm -hmm. But I will point out just a couple of things. Please do. Quite heinous and villainous on Mrs. Park. First of all... <laughs> okay. First of all... Because you're right, two wrongs do make a right. Going to a premiere and not establishing childcare leaving all of these people in his house. Do, do, do we have a babysitter? Do we have a housekeeper? I'd I, like to see them on screen. I, I would presume that John Morrison is there to, be, <laughs> to babysit. <laughs> Great. Good. Yeah, okay, fine. I'll allow it. But second of all, he offered an interview to these people, knowing full well he had to go to the premiere of David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future. Yeah, it was poor planning on his And then part. like Maurice comes in, in the middle and is like, well, we've got to leave now. And they didn't even do the interview. The, the expense that, that WWE Inc. have gone to to arrange this interview to accommodate Mrs. Mrs. insecurities, which he's not telling them why. He's not telling them why. I would argue Mrs. is the heel. I, I mean, I have seen from vi uh, from visual, I'd imagine when he's got insecurities, because he was abducted yeah. by this man, and this man then hid in the back of his car yeah. while he was leaving the arena, yeah. and has stalked him in matches. But until he tells us, it's not canon. But no, but I've seen that bit. Like, <laughs> I've seen that with my own eyes. I don't have to make up head. <laughs> but you don't know what's happened afterwards. 
No, he, may, he may have just been like, oh, I'm so sorry. I thought this was my car and I was taking a nap and then you drove off and I was scared. We don't know because Miz hasn't told us. I'm going to try something Please. on this. and I, I haven't thought this through. I'm going to message Sean Ross Sapp okay. while we're live on air. <laughs> and see if he knows what's happened. Sorry, I'm just going to miss Sean live on air. So hold on. Let me just get into my DMs. Oh, the, the flex, the name dropping, the... Hi. I could message several people. I could message my friend Jacob and ask what he's got to say. Hi, Sean. I'm live currently. Yeah. Is Dexter Loomis listed as a baby face or heel on the internal roster? That's not Asking. canon. But we know, but we would know how WWE view him. That's clever. Because that's what we're looking for here. Unless because because in my in my eye, the way they are presenting him is that he is the baby face in the scenario going up against the heel Miz. Well, and I, and the crowd are popping for him like he is the baby face. Always, and he is getting yeah. good reactions. I cannot deny he's you know getting good is? reactions I, for it. I don't know that I agree with that completely because I do feel like I'm, I, I'm doing my teasing and joking and all of that. But I do think that when I'm watching it, I don't know if it is clear or... I don't think it's clear as a viewer to me that I'm supposed to be rooting for Dexter Loomis. I'm supposed to be finding him incredibly creepy. The the complication here is because it's the Miz, and the Miz is a bit of a slimy dick. Like that's the mm -hmm. you know can't can't deny that Miz Miz is a bad one. Miz is a, Miz is a bad. He, he is a wrong one. Yeah. So I don't know, but I don't I don't believe that I'm being presented with Dexter Loomis as a good guy. I don't I don't I don't read that. You know, it's like two bad people. Just for clarity as well, apparently Maurice's mother still lives with them. Oh, so, fabulous. I mean, so, I have not, I'm not up to date on Ms. and Mrs. The mother-in-law was also in this house when this psychopath <laughs> broke in and drew a picture. He had already drawn the picture, Luke. To sign a picture Thank that he drew. And leave it as a, as a <laughs> gift and said, sorry I abducted you that time. And sorry I stowed away in the back of your car. Here is a nice family portrait. You look pretty happy. I... Cannot get on board with this story. Like this for me, I, I really enjoyed Dexter Loomis's first invasion when he showed up. I thought it was a really, really very cool, cool thing. And, and actually, they didn't really reference it. Didn't yeah. reference it. They were cutting away from it. And mm. also, I thought it was a really good red herring of AJ because people thought he was targeting yeah. AJ. Actually, targeting the Miz. I thought they'd done some really, really good mm. misdirection with it. But I think in the last few weeks, the storyline has really fallen off the rails for me, and I don't really know what I'm supposed to think of it now. Mm. And I think it is past the uh, of being quite cool and interesting is now quite goofy and silly. I do see that. I do, however, also feel like if I'm if I'm not perceiving it as, as babyface, if I'm just reading what I'm given, I think the execution of this was pretty cool. Like there was a the, lot of like the, shots the, of Dex in the background. The Grand. home invasion, the social anxiety. Mm -hmm. You're a horror fan, you know this. Sure I, am, wrote, yeah. I wrote a, a very well-received essay on this in my degree. Um, but there was Brag. a lot of, thank you very much. It was my best the rest of them were rubbish, but this one was really good. Talk about name um, dropping. <laughs> Dave McCaig, everybody. Uh, gave University. me 75. Um, no, there, there was also, to the point where Mrs. Children gave me a jump scare. <laughs> like, I truly jumped out of my skin. When I, and I'm like, oh no, he's there. And then suddenly they're like, hi. And I'm like, whoa! Oh, children! It was, it was, it was, well, I mean, the children make me scared anyway. But this was a particular, you know, I, th I thought it was very effective. Um, as, a, as a sequence. Um concede it is complicated if you're trying to figure out alignments or anything like that but i just i don't i don't perceive babyface i perceive heel and unhinged person but we are cheering one person over the I'm other i'm not cheering the, uh, but the crowd are 
This is the, true. the crowd are cheering this for Dexter true. Loomis yeah. to invade this man's home while his children are asleep. <laughs> I just, I want to emphasize this point enough. Bringing the children his in has children been children were asleep they were. in the house. They really were that. And this psychopath was there. <laughs> and... You know, you can argue like, oh, it's a bit goofy. Someone said like, oh, you know, the fiend and this and the other. By the way, like the fiend was also supposed to be a baddie. He was supposed to be a scary monster villain going up against baby face Seth Rollins. Mm. But Rollins was so lame. Rollins ended up turning heel off yeah. the back of it. Yeah. But it's when you cut back to the commentary desk, Corey, this is it. Corey Graves' selling of this was like, why did no one do anything? A, Corey Graves is then pointing out the logic holes yeah. of this. And that's like your commentary team are then saying like, well, this doesn't make any sense anymore. This is the problem. It's 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 sort of like emotional whiplash as the audience because you're presented with this thing and then suddenly Corey Graves is us. Like he's he's responding the way we do. And then it's like, oh God, that is hard. Coming up next, we have this match. And you're just like, what what are we gonna do with this? And it, and it, and it when you are emphasizing, I think Corey's doing a pretty good job of responding in that moment to something, but it is almost too much, and that then pulls apart the whole. It, yeah, it and he, this isn't the, actually the only time he did this in the show for me. Um, there was a little bit later on in in the, in the women's championship match where I thought his commentary was a little bit too much of the suspension of disbelief unraveling for me. Um, Byron doesn't help anything. But <laughs> they're just being like, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Byron. Byron's role is to just cheer the baby yeah. faces, but he doesn't know no. who this is. So he's like, there's no alignment. I have, I have no idea. If they are to be our to conduit, if they are to be mm -hmm. the ones who are helping us with the story and help us process and understand what's going on, they needed to rehearse that bit. And they need to be directed exactly. I mean, they don't have Vince in their ear anymore, but they need someone being like, Corey, yeah. maybe not this much. <laughs> yeah, I, for me, this this is a storyline that is no longer working. Uh, I, I feel like Corey- Do you think Gr it's done? Do you think it's dead to you? It won't come back? Um, no, I think you can salvage this. Yeah. Like, I think you just need some like clear direction, clear motive mm. for these characters, a clear alignment for these characters yeah. as well. Because if Dexter is not the baby face, then I'm, who am I supposed to be cheering for in this feud? Like if he is a heel and Miz is a heel, then who am I supposed to be rooting for? Because it sure ain't the Miz. Cause like you, as you said, the Miz is the bad guy in this Unless in this he's story. also a little bit turning because he's sympathetic because it's like he's he's being picked. Do you know what? Is it a slow turn? Is it this situation? I just I think the Miz has, has gone past that point now. We've tried twice with Babyface Miz and it's never worked mm. either time. That's, but, I'm, but, I like the Miz a lot. Like I'm very much sympathetic towards the Miz. I think he's vastly underrated. Okay, well I mean you will not fit in here because you're... <laughs> <laughs> and by that I think the Miz is bang average. No! He's a great performer. <laughs> Miz, classic two and a half star wrestler. Yeah. Which is Grant. <laughs> you need one of them on the roster. And I'm glad that they've got him and he's been there for 20 Two years. Two time Grand Slam champion. So I still don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> Had four good matches in his career. Um, I know that might be stretching it. But like, you know, some people are like, oh, do you hate the same because you don't like The Miz? And I don't think it is. It's what it is for me. It's just like, I can't get past certain aspects mm. of this. And maybe it's just, I'm not jiving with the Dexter Loomis character. Like that's what I'm not on board with currently. Maybe that's where this isn't working I think the me. problem is because there isn't a character like we don't know what his motivation is and, and that's a slow burn thing and i know that i actually we've been dying for a little bit of long-term committed storytelling for a while we don't really know why he's after the maze we don't know what his purpose is we don't know what he's doing that probably does add to the dissonance and then they're like not really latching onto what's going on but um that you see this a lot in in horror movies and when i say this i mean bad horror movies right there is a, a common misconception 
with the slasher genre. Yeah. That during the 1980s, people would go to slasher movies to cheer the bad guy. Mm -hmm. So you would have, like, people would go to a Halloween movie to cheer on Michael Myers killing some teens. You would go to a Friday the 13th movie to cheer on Jason Voorhees killing some uh, some bad guys. You know, killing some teenagers or what have you. Freddy Krueger, what have you. There's then been this misconception that, that kind of was very prevalent in the early 2000s that, oh, in this case then, we are going to make our slasher the hero of the piece by making all of our human teenagers the worst people on earth. And so it's absolutely fine then when this maniac murders them all. Actually missing the point that in the 80s, what the directors were looking to do was to create sympathetic teenagers that you don't want to see die. Mm. Friday the 13th part four, Every single person in that like group of friends is a likable personality, mm. and they've all got wants and dreams and hopes and fears, and they've all got these things that they're striving towards. And then Jason comes along and murders them all, and it's like, oh, that's sad because I wanted to see. There's a moment I think it's part two. There's a moment in part two where a girl has sex for the first time with a guy. And big mistake in a horror film. Never do that. And then sort of he leaves and he's like, I think this is something really special. And she's like, I think I'm in love. And then she dies. Oh, and it's meant to be this like, oh man, she just found love yeah. and now she's dead. But she's like, bad sex. Well, yeah. But then Very like fault. this sort of misconception was just like, no, the way to do our slasher movie correctly is to have assholes and then it's yeah. okay when they kill. And I think that's kind of what we got here as well. Mm. Because the Miz is the big bad guy, it is fine that Dexter Loomis is invading his home while his children are asleep <laughs> and terrorizing him. Yeah, I, I see your point. I, see, I mean, I, I think Miz being that sort of, rather than him being like an out and out bad guy, bad guy, him being a bit of a, you know, I think that is allowing it to be a little bit more sympathetic to him. This, this is why I don't feel like he's a baby face. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I don't think we're there yet. Yeah, well, I mean, the the watch is on. There's legs will in will Sean reply to my direct message? It is like what what, what coast is Sean on? Because it might be he's, bedtime time still. I mean, well, I'll tell you this now. Sean doesn't sleep. Okay, well, <laughs> Sean, the, the Vince school of Sean of is a robot in some yeah. He de- the man does not sleep. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. But anyway, let's get into some of your Ultra Chats on this, because I'm very curious to see what people think. As I say, I feel like I'm in the minority in this. Mm. When the, the the thing with the title of this video first came out, a lot of people said, is a refresh button? Oh, huge, if true. Yeah, look at that little one there. Oh, goodness gracious. Can it's, you believe technology these days? It took me about six weeks to find that thing. <laughs> now you're just showing it to everybody. There's a little refresh button God, there. A refresh oh, button. Walking down the street showing your iPad to people. Did you know? I can just refresh this page. All oh, the tablets are available. <laughs> um, when the, the stream first went live, a lot of people were like, I like the Dexter thing. And actually I was going through the comments on today's WrestleTalk mm. news episode where I reviewed one. People were like, I like the Dexter thing. Mm. There are some people like, nah, it's not for me. Not and me. I think that's why I don't hate this. Like, I'm not Pete and Tempest on the NXT review being like, this is actively bad. Mm. It's just, I, 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 the title of this video isn't very good. Yeah. Because I, I don't think this is very good television. Mm. And, I, and I, so I'm, I'm curious to see the other side of this. Yeah. And of course, we are kicking off with Dexter Loomis' number one fan, Mayor of Painesville Dan, said, What was this? It was great. Wow. The Hollywood star and his beautiful wife haunted in their hometown, living a perfect, safe life. But here comes the brilliant and amazing psychopath Dexter Loomis. The way this was shot and his aura, I loved it. Can't wait for Dext Week. That's quite fabulous. I, I like that, Dext Week. But this is the point. This is what I'm saying. I don't think, if you're reading it like this, the psychopath, the, he's, he's not good. Like, no, not, I'm not, not supposed to support this person. Norman yeah. Bates was not the hero no, of the movie. No. Psycho. Certainly not. And like, the, the, the thing I compare this to always is DDP. And I'm like, <laughs> that was that was very obnoxiously like not yeah. cool. Whereas, Someone said in the comments like, on the rest of me was like, do you think this is like the DDP story but in reverse? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> anyone wasn't watching the time, they did a story. When DDP's first storyline in the WWF. This was The Undertaker's wife, Sarah. <laughs> Yeah. DDP's first storyline in the WWF was he was stalking the Undertaker's wife, filming her from afar, and it would show so these to become famous. And he was showing these videos on Raw, and it was just like you know Sarah getting the groceries or whatever, and then there'd be like video voiceover being like, "Why are you keeping Sarah away from me, Undertaker? Yeah, I want my Sarah." Do you remember that one where they went into he went into her drawers and found her underwear and an eight by ten of the Undertaker? <laughs> Just a little headshot, just in case you don't know who your husband is. Just reminder, I'm at work, but this is me. The, my favorite thing about that is that people then reverse engineered those audio and found out it was Vince McMahon that recorded it. Of course it was. <laughs> so, like, it's Vince McMahon going like, I want my Sarah. This is I'm why, tired of your gamesmanship, Undertaker. This is why none of us have been surprised in the past six months. <laughs> 
Zach Robinson has been in Memberg for 16 months in a Goodness row. gracious. Said the Ms. Loomis feud feels like it's been stuck in first gear since the start. To quote Luke and Pete, why won't the rivalry row? It's a great question. Mm. And yeah, I, I I don't know if I would say it's been stuck in first gear. I feel like it has had some I think form of progression. I also think it's still relatively fresh. Like it's only a couple mm. of weeks old, really. Charles Berg, I'd like to think that Dexter Loomis is actually the Miz's brother and the family won't talk about it. His actual name is Dexter Lou Mizanon, or Dexter Looms for short. Will it be awful? Possibly, but I love silly nonsense as long as it's uh, low on the card. Yeah, I'm into that. Charles Berg, if that is the punchline to all of this, that, that will... Dexter's actually the Miz's brother. Dexter Lou Miz. Dexter Lou Miz. Miz. Dexter Lou Miz. I take back everything I yeah. said on this podcast. They've got the same haircut, but it, one of them's blonde. And it, this is a five-star angle yeah. and will be one of the greatest storylines they've ever done. I'm here for that. That's I'm great. all in, Charles Berg. Bro, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to print that. <laughs> and then should this happen, you have... Um, Frame it. You've done it again. <laughs> You've done it now. And you didn't make a big mistake. Riot DR. Hey, yo. As a longtime Dexter Loomis supporter, I can admit this was on the wrong side of creepy. We've later find out that Dexter simply had a tea party with the children. It will still be creepy, but it will at least be more babyface and less criminal. I don't think it would be babyface. This is, this is the problem. I think this is where if they're going to continue with this angle, they need to be clearer because this, you're correct, is. was not babyface. And this yeah. is not and having a tea party with the children <laughs> is not babyface, but it wouldn't make it more babyface, it'd make it worse. You know that like, scene in, in Con Air where Steve Buscemi is like having that tea party with a little girl in the empty pool. No. And it's filmed like it's the creepy. I mean, I was like, oh man, it's great. Five star movies, one of the best movies ever made. Well, sure. Um Deshaun Rossell doesn't like Con Air for oh, the record. Wow. And I and I don't know why. It's a great, it's an incredible movie. But he like it, Garland's there and he's having this tea party, and the little girl starts singing, he's got the whole world in his hands, and it's filmed like with like sort of fisheye lenses and yeah. stuff, and it's really, really creepy because he is a guy that in his own words once round uh once drove through seven states wearing someone's head as a hat Ugh. um and so like it's meant to be this really creepy thing like yeah. oh my god what's he gonna do to this child mm. anything with children is creepy like yeah. and like like that's why the, the little and, girl's and singing the children were asleep <laughs> <laughs> well this is it we don't know currently that he was it would be more it'd be worse if he did interact with the children i would argue if he just dropped off his painting and then went home. The, the children were not in this segment. I don't think I'd have half the issues. I, I think this is it. I think this is it. And I don't think you're wrong. Uh, and Rob Steadley has been a member for four months in a row, saying, I was really hoping Pete was going to cover this episode because he hates the Dexter Loomis character so much. Lol, he is the face. Miz is always the heel. <laughs> Love you guys. I... I am I am going to be on a one man crusade to turn the Wrestle Talk team around when it comes to the Miz. I think he is far better than you guys give him credit for. He's a perfectly He's tremendously he's entertaining. Perfectly fine. He gives 110% every single time. And is perfectly fine at doing so. <laughs> like you can do that. <laughs> I am adequate at this job and I put 110% into it. But at the end of the day, 110% still gives you no. a three star performance. The Miz. <laughs> Please do get in the rest of your ultra chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. And while you are clicking links, because that one's in the video description down below, head on over to this episode's sponsor, Incogni. Be one of the first 100 people to use our link and get 20% off at checkout. It's a fabulous little service. Protect your data. Protect yourself online. The internet's a scary place. And apparently so is the Mrs. House. I came to play earlier on in the episode where you, you pointed down here that they could like things. I genuinely was looking. <laughs> I, look at the desk. Where is it? Yeah, I was like, oh, oh, no, I understand how YouTube works. Yeah, yeah.
so let's get into the rest of this episode of Raw, which opens with Seth Rollins coming out. And he, yeah, everyone was chanting his song. And he's like, I love that people chant my song. The energy of that as well is great. Oh, it's The wonderful. crowd was on fire. Again, he is a heel, but people do react to him like his baby face. But Rollins is so, so great at then making the crowd turn on yeah. him because they enjoy singing the song. But he's like, uh-oh. I'm not a baby face. You need to boo me. Well, also, his is his is the kind of character that will allow that because mm -hmm. it's, it's very much his, his ego trip. I'm Seth Rogen, blah, 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 blah. If they're singing along, it adds to his messiah complex. But he does he has disdain for the people. So that yeah. was a really great. I, I really liked that. That was really nice. And he basically said that the Riddle feud is done. I'm done with Matt Riddle. Yeah. Stomped him into the ground a hundred times over. I'm moving on. I've got gold on my mind. Mm. Matt Riddle comes out. He wants another shot at uh, Rollins. They get into a bit of a brawl, a bit of a scuffle. Rollins runs away. And I thought this was a really nice touch. As Rollins is running away, the Judgment Day's music hits and Judgment Day walk down to mm. the ring. So you've got like a segment with Rollins doing a promo, Riddle run down in the brawl and then an entrance with mm -hmm. Judgment Day. It's kind of like three storylines in one. Yeah. And then that led to Riddle versus Balor. I thought this was an excellent way to kind of structure the first 10, 15 minutes of your show. Mm. The only thing that was a, a downer for me is that I just, I, I don't get Judgment Day. Oh, no, but no one does. Well, this is it. Like, but, and it's like, the, while you're right, the structure of that is really good. The, the people involved and, and like their, their sort of argument. It was like, are, are you goths or not? Like, I, I wrote down spooky jobbers. <laughs> <laughs> That's the vibe I have for the Judgment Day. I just, they're like spooky jobbers. They come out, they say some things, but they, they're not leaning into the gothing. Like, Crack on smile line. Either either be miserable or don't. Mm. But like their chat, I don't know. And there's a weird. I don't. I don't get them. What yeah, are they there? So for? like you know, the idea was that Edge brought them together because they were like the Iron Misfit toys. They were these yeah. losers that he was trying to improve. And I think together they sort of like we are all rising our own ships. And they here. looked like that. They there was a vibe with that. And then Finn took over, but he hasn't taken over. They're all the leader. If anything, Rhea Ripley feels like the leader well, at I this mean, point. This is true, yeah. She is she is the daddy of this group. Mm. Uh, and it was just Balor and Priest. And they cut a promo asking Riddle to join their group mm -hmm. because he's a loser just like them. And Matt Riddle said no. And that led to a match between Riddle and Balor. I thought it was a very good action. Good Priest got involved quite a bit. Um, Ray attacked Priest out of nowhere. And a bit of a scuffle. And in the end, uh, what did we get to? Balor hits the 619 because Seth Rollins caused the distraction. Yeah. Balor hits the six, uh, 1916 and the coup de grace for the win, and then Rollins stomped Riddle after the match. He did do that. So we are going to get some more stuff with Riddle and Rollins, but we're not. I think next week, because we announced later in the show, we're doing Rollins and Lashley. Yeah. Imagine Riddle's going to well, get himself just, involved in that. It just keeps a little pin in there because now yeah. Riddle hasn't. They, they can be separate for a while rather than keeping this going. Yeah. We can still have them have massive beef. But they've both got distractions, and then later on down the line, we can have some more. On my big credit, I've got to give to Triple H, and I've given Triple H a lot of credit because mm. I think he's doing a tremendous job. Yeah. Like, actually, I mean, the ratings reflect that. Yeah. Like, SmackDown got incredible numbers. It's a considerably Friday. easier oh, show to watch. It's so much easier to watch now, and a really decent show to yeah. watch as well. Um, and one of the things I think I give him credit for is that he has revitalized Judgment Day because I think under Vince's watch, they were really, really bad. Like, you're right. Like, I don't think they have a a cohesive feeling to no. them. But at least they pick up wins now, which they were never doing. And I will say by the end of the show, I did feel more like, I was like, okay, now I'm starting to see yeah. something about Judgment Day. When yeah. they came out and they were talking to Riddle, I was like, oh, I'm not really... Like, so, uh, like, Riddle was like, get out of my way. I've got stuff to deal with, you know. I think they've got, it's an incredible style that they have this because they had this a few weeks back when they opened the show. Mm. And I was like, what? what? Judgment yeah. opening the show. Like, did I accidentally tune into the set, like, the third hour of this? Yeah. 
But no, it was the opening of the show. And by the end of it, I was like, oh, actually, no, they do feel like a legit mm. faction. You're right. By the end of this show, I think they did again, although I've got my own issues with that as well. Mm. Um, Dominic, speaking of, cut a promo backstage, uh, doing his best to, to act tough. And then I like this bit where Ripley like leans in, whispers something yeah. in his ear, and then Dom feels like he just repeats it verbatim. I'm here for Rhea Ripley's Dominatrix Lady Macbeth. Like oh, that is yeah. very, very weird. That's the story. Again, it's a motivation. Whereas the other Judgment Day, I haven't felt like have anything. There's something about her picking Dominic and being like, I'm going to use you as a little toy. I believe she's got something on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's yeah. something happening with her and, and it, it works for she, me. She is his pappy. Yeah. Well, indeed. And I, and I love this thing. And like the way that this was shot, it did have this sort of like awkward crossfade and it mm. did look like it was lit like one of my student movies that I made. But yeah. I I really liked the, the sort of presentation of this with the whisper in the ear and then Dominic mm. repeating it. Like uh, Judgment Day as a faction, I think is grand. Mm. But this corner of it, yeah. this Ripley and Dominic stuff, I think is easily the best thing that this four are doing. And I found Dominic to be a little bit nothing for so long yeah it's so and so last week when he came out in his sort of like goth goes to prom waistcoat and then this segment where he's giving a performance it's still a bit stilted i'm looking at it like well, you could nail it a bit more but like he's still giving it something it's a bit a bit of something to eat to chew into like it's meaty yeah i'm into that again later on in the episode i then pull back a little bit from that but like you know i'm i i like this kind of like eddie and china 2.0 <laughs> situation <laughs> Oh, if only he comes out being like, you know, dressed to go to prom. He's already got the mullet. He has got the mullet. He does need to shave those sideburns. Um, That's a good Simpsons reference. Anyway, uh, Austin Theory cut a promo with Chad Gable because Chad Gable is going to be having Johnny Gargano's first match back. Yeah, I popped so hard for Johnny. Shoosh! That... (laughs) Shush kills me. Like, I don't know what it is. Thank you. I find Finally. it so funny. Finally, someone with a bit of sense about it's them to so understand good. that Shush is very Shush funny. Is hel- Shush, please, is hilarious. So good. I'm into it. So oh, thank Shush you. Absolutely destroyed me. I like. Had to, I was like, okay, I'm glad there's an ad break now because I need to go for a walk. Up next for the women's tag team titles, uh, this felt like a bit of a redo because they made an error the first time yeah. round. Damage Control took on Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah. Now, when uh, Aaliyah and Raquel Rodriguez won the belts, Ollie and I did this podcast where we've been like, this is an odd choice. It, yeah. Because they've got nothing going on. No. Nope. No one particularly cares about them. Should have just put it on damage control because they're the hot act at the moment. Also because that's literally what you presented to us. Yeah. For the whole tournament. The whole tournament felt like it was designed yeah. for them to win. Yeah. Which is a brilliant thing to do. But they went with the swerve instead. And put it on these other people, which I think killed the momentum of damage control and did nothing to elevate Aaliyah and Raquel completely, Rodriguez. Completely. And we had people being like, guys, you're judging this too harshly. Give it time. Like, maybe they'll have a good run with these belts. Nope. In their first title defense, they yeah. lost it to damage And control. also, there is something about this where it's like, so, okay, so Game of Thrones, sort of spoilers for the last sort of series, the, they decided that the thing that they had telegraphed was not as good as giving you a little surprise. And George R. R. Martin has this whole thing of saying, if you have written a story where the butler did it and you have planted all these clues, clues that the butler did it, and then in the final paragraph you reveal it was the chambermaid, your audience is going to be like, what? Yeah. You presented us with damage control. They were very, you know, they were they were a cohesive team. In fact, they were the only team in the entire bracket. With a big match at the pay-per-view. Former tag team champions Natalia and Tamina were on different teams. Why not? Jo- if, they, if they're just going to band together, like, do you know what? They were the only team, finally get there, big match at the pay-per-view, and they lose. And and it's like, oh, was there something where they wanted to keep the tag titles away from that match? But at the pay-per-view, they won. 
So, like, why would not that make them look even more dominant? It makes no sense. You have the women's tag, no logic. You have the women's tag team champions, and the leader of that group has just pinned the Raw Women's yep. Champion going into a feud with yep. them. Looks like they might have. And all by the way, the love Bailey's whole thing of like, I've pinned you. I'll decide what I want to. Oh, match. love that. That's a really refreshing difference. There's something about at best, at best, Raquel and Leah got a couple of good matches to have some experience. Like, I don't think the matches were good. They had a good experience. Like, they yeah. got to go out there in front of people. We got to see Raquel's back a lot. She does have she, a back. She has a back. Yeah. She really I, does. I um, I mean, my first note was here is that Raquel needs a character. Oh, my God. Because Aaliyah at least has a character, which is, I'm not very good. <laughs> I, at least I think that's what her character is. That is what is. her character is. But Raquel's character is, I have a back and a face that yeah. smiles. Yeah. That is it. Yeah. She is one-dimensional. And there's a reason why, then. They got zero reaction coming out here. Mm. They got zero reaction when they were being working over. Got zero reaction for any of their near falls. And the reaction for damage control is lesser than it was a few weeks back yeah. before they lost in the finals. I think that was, they swerved. They swerved us, bro, for the mm. sake of swerving us, bro. And I think that was a huge, huge error. I completely agree. However, credits, they were like, well, that didn't work. Go back to the original plan and just put the belts on there. What hasn't helped, though, is that this match was... Bowling shoe ugly. It was so bad. The last match wasn't like amazing, but it was at least cohesive and there, mm -hmm. was, a, there was something going on. Whereas this one, it felt like Aaliyah may have been injured and everybody forgot how to wrestle. And there was one segment where it was like, what's happening? Get her in a, get, finally Dakota gets her in a chin lock so that we can communicate what we're going to do next. Tag in Raquel, get that record, and then just call an audible. No one seemed to be able to call an audible. And then everything just went wrong, wrong, wrong. I thought at one point that Yo had landed on her head outside. That moment to the outside was ugly. Unpleasant. And yep. it's so, that that's pulled because it's Io Shirai, it's Io Sky. Like, it, she's good. Very good moonsaults. Don't make them look bad. The genius of the sky. Indeed. Uh, I, I, I'm glad they just put the belts on them. Yeah. Uh, sucks for Raquel and Leah. I guess they tried, but... But they didn't try. But they didn't try. Like, Leah lost in her hometown in like a 20-minute match to Bailey. Well, it felt like 20 minutes anyway, where she got <laughs> one move in, and yeah. it was a Trish Stratus move to yeah. be like, Trish Stratus is also from my hometown. Mm. And they got beaten resoundingly, and then won the belts the following week. Yeah, I, I thought that they did a really poor job with Raquel and Aaliyah, and I think it's hurt damage control in some way. And actually, the segment we got later on, I think, hurts that group even further mm. when it's just... Well, actually, we'll, we'll save that for when we get Before to Before we do, can I just quickly say damage control bothers me. If you're going to do it, DMG CTRL. If you're going to do that, come yeah. Okay. Damage still, control. Still nothing from still, sure. Still nothing from so sure. So as far as he, we're concerned, he may be there is no alignment. He may, he may be asleep. I may have, I may have overshot this my... This name drops and, and the, the flex didn't really the, work the, for you. Yeah. People are now going to believe that I don't actually know Sean. I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe you. Uh, there was a kind of a light night long thing of Ray trying to talk to Dominic, or which like, I really liked. I really liked as well. And then Rhea walked in and was like, "Pappy knows best," because she is actually the dad in the situation. <laughs> and I like this. You know, it's it's Dominic's real dad and his new dad fighting <laughs> over his <laughs> love. Yeah, I I quite like a lot. Of that. I really like that. I mean, I think this was said last week on the podcast, but Ray not accepting it. Ray being like, no, "Yeah, no, I, honestly, like he." he I can convince him. It's my son. Like I've got. I, I like that. That's a really nice storyline to it. What I really liked was Chad Gable versus Johnny Gargano. Let's get into it. Who made his return to WWE a few weeks back? This is his return match to uh -huh. WWE. What a perfect person to put him in the ring oh with God. for his first match. Because the thing about Chad Gable is, Chad Gable is just incredible. He's amazing. He doesn't need to be winning. Oh yeah. He just needs to be on the show. 
Yeah, and I, I said this in my review, like, he deserves a better push than what he's currently getting, because, mm. like, he is a guy that just has the best match on TV every week, every week, but never wins. Yeah, and it's and the character doesn't feel stupid. It feels fun. Yeah. There's a character, there's, there's an element to it where I'm really, like, I'm just into it. I, 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 this, I see huge things for him. He's a massive star. He's so great. And, like, this match was so brilliant. Like, the way I described it in my, my edited review was, this is third on the card on an NXT TakeOver show interesting which is like it, it sounds like it's a bit of a damn thing but it's not like no. that third on the card match was always like that was your adam cole ricochet yeah. match that was sometimes a johnny gargano match that yeah. was just like you know possible it, it slaps and you got like on a five match card you're like actually that mid card match yeah. nearly stole the whole show it's interesting what you because i i wrote down that this was like it was exactly the raw match that we need from these two like i don't think we need the five star classic that these two can give us i think we need a good wrestling match like a decent time no massive spots. No, there were a couple of moments where I was like, "Oh boy!" There's some chain wrestling in there that I thought was delicious. Yeah, but it didn't. It didn't need to be a, a you know a boy popper singer like the whole thing kick out to all the Johnny Gargano special like because yeah. it's his first match back on Raw. It needs to be good, clean, decisive win, and that's what it was. Can we give a? Can I? I wrote three moves down in particular. Please do I the propeller spear. Yeah, wait, that was so clean. So because that could go so wrong, but he, they absolutely nailed that. The uh, Gable's German suplex from you know when he was going to the big the, pendulum one. Oh! That was the move I wrote down. That pendulum German suplex oh! was Chef's kiss super, and again so pristine, mm -hmm. like such a flow. Ah, oh, so good. And then the spike DDD finish. I was genuinely concerned that Gable was not well. <laughs> like I was like, can why can I see him move please? Because he didn't. He just stayed down, and I was like, there's a serious chance he's either concussed or broken. Like, and I'm gonna need to know Gable's okay. <laughs> Thought this match was in it was unbelievable incredible scenes i loved it every i loved everything on it and uh, he hit the slingshot ddt for the winners you mentioned there and hit otis afterwards with a couple of super kicks yeah like, couldn't take the big man down but i thought this was awesome mm. really really super really and it's this. like it was like this is why he's johnny wrestling yep don't forget chad gable's incredible and i you know to the commentary even pointed this out a handful of times this would have been a lot of the audience's first exposure mm. to Johnny Gargano because not everyone watched NXT, yeah. not everyone saw the stuff that he did on the Indies. Mm. This is their first exposure to him. And we've had him on the show talking for a little bit. We've been presented, this guy's a big deal. Yeah. He has a package. And then he went out there and had an awesome, Backed awesome match. Yeah. Loved, loved, loved this. This yeah. was a five-star segment. And then it got even better because it then fed into the next segment. Because mm. Austin Theory, who is feuding with Gargano, hits him with the briefcase as he's coming down the ramp. Then he goes down, cuts an outbreak, comes back. He's cutting a promo. Mm -hmm. And you're like, all right, it's the Austin Theory promo. I'm the youngest Money in the Bank winner of all time. I'm the youngest United States champion winner. Blah, de, blah, de, blah. Yeah. Kevin Owens' music hits. And Kevin Owens comes down here and he's like, you're doing the same promo every week. I've seen a lot of guys like you come into WWE mm. and have tried and have failed. Mm. A way to bury the booking of, uh, of, the, of your talent there, but uh, you know, regardless. And he's like, all the opportunities you but got. But is he wrong? But he's not exactly. He's is. not wrong. And he's like, and we know it. All happened. the opportunities you got, you were handed them. Yeah. You were handed your US title match, a match you didn't deserve. You were in a ladder match that you weren't supposed to yeah. be in. But you know what? I was handed the Universal title. I really I liked that. Love that. Yeah. That's a nice bit of honesty there. Not a hypocrite, is Kevin mm. Owens. And then he says, guys like you, you've got the good body, you've got the smile, you've got the ability, but you're a dime a dozen. Mm. People like me and Johnny Gargano, we're one in a million. And it was this hell of a promo where he basically just went on and was like, you keep saying that you are going to be the face of this company, you're the future of this company. 
but I've not seen that yet. You haven't shown it. You need to step up. Get serious, son. <laughs> and like show me that you can be the face mm. of this company. This was an incredible promo. But for me, the brilliance of all of this, because Kevin was great. Yeah. I thought theory selling of this was I'm so, so glad you say that because that promo is is a promo is two people. I always think we we kind of watched a little bit earlier on. We were watching earlier, we were watching classic Raw at the lunch. Like the the one of the best seller jobs that I've ever seen is when Foley reveals his cactus jack again and Triple H looks like he's seen a ghost. Because that moment could fall apart. And it's it makes me so angry when people laugh at promos. Theory selling this, like but boiling underneath but also i know you, i know it's true and i, I don't like it know, i know you're right in, yeah in a way yeah and i think i know this myself but mm. i can't admit this to myself and i had thought that the promo began kind of a bit stilted for me there was a little bit of the, uh, an uncertainty they were kind of talking over each other it wasn't quite working and then kevin just took it into a whole other gear joined by theory really selling it and then i'm like what what next what happens next so then when theory starts cutting the promo again i'm like slap him just and then he basically knocks his eardrum out of his face. Yeah, like that slap was something special. The theory response to this is that Kevin Owens is dropping these truth bombs mm. all over him, and Theory knows this. And Theory's reaction to this is to bury those feelings down deep, and he flexes his yeah, muscle, yeah, yeah, yeah. bringing the microphone his delicious to his muscles. Face. By the way, delicious, great. but highlighting all the things that Kevin Owens was saying about him, and then just like you're just jealous because you'll never yeah. be me. Like, that's great because that's, oh my God, it's a perfect bit of character work for him. And it backs up everything that Owens was just saying then, but it's development for Theory. And then they had this wild brawl. Apparently Austin Theory broke his nose in this brawl. It, it was bleeding everywhere. It was yeah. bleeding everywhere. And apparently like, yeah, he suffered a broken nose, but this was so, so yeah, great. Really Security good. runs down, referees run down, break this up. This was an incredible, incredible segment. I mm. loved every single thing about this. Uh, if I didn't have so much to say about the Dexter Loomis thing, this probably would have been the, the no, one no, I would have no, run right. with as, well, as like my main topic. Because it sets up a lot, because, th I mean, they talked about it last week, but Theory trying to prove himself week after week after week and then running out of time is a really delicious story. To, yeah. Like, to, to give us, because I think Theory is good enough to eventually be the guy. Yeah. But, you know. Just not, maybe not at not this now. point. Yeah. And that's kind of what people are saying about, like, I I've certainly said about him with Money in the Bank. Mm. So him with Money in the Bank isn't a bad idea. It's just he doesn't feel like he is not yet. At, a at a level yet to where win. he could be the guy that wins that belt. And to show how great this was, later on in the show, they announced it's Owens versus Theory for next week's Raw. And the crowd went mental mm. for it. Well, because we saw them have a delicious banger last week. But that's what I mean. Like, it's a rematch. We yeah. literally just they, saw this I, match. Win say, and one of them had a decisive winner. Yeah. They did say, like, oh, what's going to happen when these two get in the ring? It's like, well, we saw it. Already. We saw it last week, but I don't care. No, I'm, I'm okay with seeing it. I'm okay with seeing this rematch because yeah. I've, I've got a new arc to it now i've got a new reason to get invested in this mm. i thought this was an incredible segment i thought that owens was awesome i thought the theory it's the most interested in theory i've been mm -hmm. in his main roster run that didn't involve a golden egg mm -hmm. i i absolutely I, I can't say enough good things about yeah. it it's I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes yeah same same here uh they uh they actually announced something for nxt 2.0 they actually promoted that nxt 2.0 is on this same network yeah can you believe it very nice Problem was this show then went on for another hour. Yeah, that I went to, so I was watching it live and I went to bed and I was like, I'll watch the next hour in the morning because it's been a good show so far. And then I <laughs> my coffee. I was like, Am I just not awake yet or is this show boring? This fell off an really absolute did. cliff in this third hour. Mm -hmm. Triple H can overcome a lot. Three-hour roars is not one of them, no. it would seem. Like, sometimes he gets one where it's like, ah, 
I think Triple H just worked it out. And then his next week, he's like, yeah, no, nah, he got lucky that last yeah. week because this still isn't working. This final hour dragged like anything. Mm -hmm. And it kicked off with Bianca Belair doing an open challenge for the Raw Women's Championship. It was answered by Zonya Deville to zero reaction. Brand split, LOL. This match was only 12 minutes long, but it felt so much longer. 12 minutes was far too long. Because the crowd were not into anything they did. They popped for seeing a finish and Bel Air won. Yeah, I like an open challenge. I like open challenges very much. I mm. like them if they can, like the John Cena open challenge. Was Loved great. it. Great way to Love introduce it. new people, big surprises. Um, so I wasn't, if this is going to be a weekly open challenge thing, I don't mind seeing someone like Sonya take her shot. It's an open challenge. You might as well. But then the match, give it five minutes. Yeah. Why, why give it 12? And I like I like longer matches, but they don't all need to go that long, uh, especially when they're this dull. It was boring. Yeah. It was a really boring match. Yeah. Um, some people were saying that they do promote NXT all the time. They show video packages, like USA Ed promos for NXT. Mm. This is literally the commentators being like, guys, you want to tune in there tomorrow. There is going to be something to watch. You need to yeah. watch NXT tomorrow. That's completely different. And then, and then the segment even fell off worse for me because Bailey comes out. I'm, I love Bailey. I am mm. in love with this version of Bailey. By mm -hmm. the way, I think she is terrific. I'm a big fan of Damage Control, even though they've had a yeah. And she cuts out this promo. It's kind of the same promo we've heard from her though. Yeah. And then Damage Control got on the apron, and who should run out for the save? But Asker and Alexa Bliss cut, cut the camera. Oh, I'm this like not the one. Oh, I was like, guys, this is finished. We are yeah. I'm I'm done with this. And then at the end of this, because they stood tall, Jimmy Smith said, the standing tall, the night belongs to the EST and friends. <laughs> he didn't. I didn't hear that. That's not what he said. He said it belongs to EST and oh. friends. That's what they are now. Yeah. They're and friends. Can we begin? I'd like here and now. I don't want to be an activist too early in the day. But if I can start some form of petition to save Alexa Bliss from the sunken place because yeah. she is nothing anymore. Like, it's just a figure coming out to do some work. That is one of the best performers. She took that god-awful character and at least committed to it. Yeah. And right now it took she's like just... took about giving 110%. Do you know what I mean? And she's just there doing this. She looks so bored. Save her. Because she's got, she's nothing. Like, she has no character now. There is no character. Even Asuka has character because it's Asuka. Yeah. You know, because she's, she's a ball of yeah. charisma. Exactly. Bliska's finished. It's, it, it, it finished. I feel we did it. We so did bad for her. You know, and I feel bad for Asuka in this scenario. Like, they're just spinning their wheels. Yeah. They are, they're, they're dead weight to this feud. I'm all in on Bailey versus Bianca Belair. Yeah. It's a storyline that makes complete sense, a storyline with characters I like. But these two, I feel so bad for they them. They don't just need being, to be there. Do not need to be there. And also, why can't Damage Control stand tall? Yeah, and just lay her out because there are there are threesome units. Yeah, and like I've seen this six woman tag. Don't need any more of it. I do not need this Alexa, again. Alexa and Oscar are not a team. They're not. So why would they keep doing it? I, I this really really did bum me out because yeah. I'm like I need these three to move on. Yeah, I need I need these two in particular to move away mm. from this because I think it is really really hurting them and actually it just makes me less interested in the Bailey and Bank and Bank of Bel Air yeah. and that, and I think that that sucks. Um, the BT Sport feed didn't actually show the Amos. No, it did not versus two lads match. Uh, neither did the USA feed. Yeah, I believe that there was, there was massive a technical difficulty. Massive, so no one saw this. Weirdly works to its favor because what we saw was Amos walking to the ring, cut, no technical difficulties, and then Amos walking away from the ring with two men just piled on top of each other. That's kind of more effective than watching the Amos match. You know? So my experience of this was that Amos was walking backstage and it was like, coming up next, it's Amos. I was like, cool, grabbing my rope, fast forward, yeah. fast forward through the ad breaks yeah. and stuff. 
and I cut back and the ad breaks are still going. I was like, all right, fast forward a little bit more. All right, okay, well, fast forward a little bit more. <laughs> and then it cuts back and it's Edge chatting with Ray. Yeah. And then it went to an ad break. I was like, was that it? Was that the entire ad? Break? Was that the entire same of the show? Yeah, it was, it was, uh, I wouldn't, I didn't want to see the, the squad. I don't like a squash match. I mean, I do in places. This one, it was, it was way more effective to see the beginning and the end and not the middle. It yeah. actually worked out fine. So I, I didn't see it. I'll presume it were boring. Yeah. Ask the people who were in the stadium. <laughs> knows, I bet but they you, were probably too high. I bet you none of them react. Yeah, almost definitely. Uh, yeah, we had that same one with Edge chatting with Ray, yeah. and then we had Seth kind of promo setting up the match with Bobby Lashley for next week. Which I'm very excited for. Then we had all the Dexter Loomis stuff, and then our main event was Edge versus Dominic Mysterio. Can I be pedantic? Please do. Because this is before the match even began, this really started to get on my nerves. They're selling it on the commentary about how Dominic is making a break from his family history. Dominic is like, too long I've been in the shadow. He's even got new music. Um... And he's got his gear in the colors of Judgment Day. Love that. Great. Why has he got the Mysterio wings on him? If he was really trying to break away, he's still in. He's got new gear made, but he's still using his dad's insignia. Yeah. Make that go away. I was like, he's got terrible gear, man. Awful. And and I don't... I Okay, get, get into the match, because I could read Dominic's Well, I mean, there's film. not a whole lot to say about the match, yeah. really. Like, guess what happened, lads? DQ finish in the main event, yeah. because Judgment Day diddly-dee, and then they <laughs> stood tall over Edge, which I literally saw two weeks ago mm. and saw two months before that this is a feud that is going nowhere this feud is judgment day layout edge then edge has a match with judgment day that he wins yeah and we've been doing this since wrestlemania mm. um i'm so ready for edge to do something else and this was an angle to write edge off tv part-time reg he's not around every week mm -hmm. so when he comes back what's he going into feud with the with Judgment Day, Day again. You told me we're not allowed to say bad words. I know, and I stopped myself. <laughs> very I, was, I was going to just say, dude, with flipping Judgment Day yeah. again. Yeah. So ready for Edge to be doing anything else there's an, but wrestle Judgment Day. There's an avenue in this match that you can have some fun. Like Dominic, I, I, I Dominic is not ready. Like I, with all the respect in the world to Dominic, he needs to be in developmental. Like he, he's like not. He, he's in better shape than I am, but I still think he could probably tone himself up a little bit. He can tone himself up in the you ring as well. During this match, that's what I'm talking about. And then also, it's just not believable. I mean, maybe that's a part of it where it's like, okay, just because you've slicked your hair back and worn some purple doesn't mean you are any better than the Dominic you were last week. Rhea's still got to work on you. Edge takes you out. I loved him being crucifixed in there, and it, and then Ray coming down. I was like, there could be something here to get Edge off TV between Ray and Edge like he maybe goes too hard on on mm. Dominic and then storms off and I'm not going to be ever I'm so pissed I'm yeah. gone Adam Pierce you're suspended yeah some, I don't know something but no like I, like you say I, I, the only saving grace for this whole final segment knowing that we are going to get more of Edge in the judgment day is that we saw them stand tall it was decisive standing tall and they looked like a cohesive unit with a plan which I haven't felt before finally by the end I was like okay they look like a team I, I saw it I've seen it already. Yeah. yeah. Because they did this I literally agree. like after Clash of the Castle, after Dominic turned, like joined them. And mm -hmm. they did like an angle, like, felt like it was to write him off TV. Then they announced he was having a match with Dominic. And they laid him out when they first turned on him. Like I've seen them lay him out and stand tall. Mm. It's going nowhere. Yeah. And all this is leading to is another match between Edge and Judgment Day that Edge will win. Mm. And I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move on. I want other stuff for Edge as well. I want, I want better stuff for Edge. Because he's got a limited time. I think we've, we've, they've been talking about maybe he's got like a year at most left. Because he, like, granted, he's just come back, but he's also old and yeah. he's also beat, he's a part timer. Up. Yeah, so like, don't waste his time. Other than the match with Finn, which I would like to see, and I know Finn really wants to to have. Move on. Yeah, let which, him do something else. Which will be the final match of this thing. Yeah, he's beaten Priest. 
didn't really beat. I suppose he won beat Dominic yeah. by DQ or whatever, and then he can beat Finn. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, this was a show. I thought this was actually a really decent episode of Raw. I, I thought the first two hours were really, really good yeah, for the most part, agreed. particularly that like stretch with Gargano through to the, the second Owens hour. Was great. The second hour, yeah. Excuse me. The second hour was really good. The first hour was fun. fine. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. fun. It was fine. But that second hour, I thought, was terrific. Yeah. The third hour fell off a cliff, and yeah. all I'm watching was just Damage Control versus Bianca and Friends, mm. which I've seen. It's Amos squash matches, which, which are going nowhere. And Edge versus Judgment Day, which, which I've seen is going nowhere. Yeah. And the Dexter Loomis thing where he stalked some children. Mm. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I did not get on with this. Third if you hour. look at SmackDown and the first two hours, Triple H can book a great two hour show. So good. So good at doing a two hour show. Nobody can book a good weekly three hour show. No, I don't believe it's possible. No. On this show, he booked a very good two hour show. I do. Here I think so. Yeah. That went three hours. Yeah. Um, but I, I gave the show three out of five. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, I mean, it, which is so much better than <laughs> So better than it was like, been previously. It sounds like damning with faint praise, but it was better. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, well, we've got to give a shout out to some very, very special people here on the WrestleTalk podcast channel. Our Patreon backers over on Patreon right now is the Patreon, uh, sorry, the WrestleTalk mailbag, which is me and Adam going through your questions about the wrestling world. And okay. uh, this Wednesday, you have got the WrestleTalk behind the scenes podcast, which is myself, Ollie, Pete and Tempest taking you behind the curtain of WrestleTalk. We talk about the Clash of the Castle party, mm -hmm. how we got... A legal letter from WWE about it. Did you? We did. Yeah, I'll tell you Count. about that. I know. Uh, we got we go into a whole load of things around like that event, how the event came about, and whether we'll do more of mm. them. So that'll be uh, life for Patreon backers tomorrow. Also over on our Patreon is next week's episode of the Monday Night War, which started yesterday on Parts of Unknown. So if you enjoyed yep. the draft day episode, you can go and watch episode one right now, along with me and Pete talking about our draft day uh, episode on a podcast. You taking Slapjack was so rude. <laughs> I, I really felt for Pete in that moment. I really did. I didn't even want him. No, I know you didn't. That's what made it worse. <laughs> it was purely for the bit. <laughs> it was worth it, though. <laughs> but we've also got a shout out. The Hall of Fame music returns, everyone, because I put it back up. And you can now hear as I shout out these fine folk who backed us at the $25 level or more. The heirs of the throne, Kate Ayers. Up above and Keith below. The Knight Rider, Kit. Always leave the crowd wanting Brian Moore. That's great. Le Merlin Le Melieu. Yeah. Monde. Le Mer Le Mer Monde. I know, but I can't. I'm very bad. Le Mer Oumont. Links the sun. Pick him up, loot sponge. Manipulating Manny Omaria. Two lot to handle, Lottie McCullough. Yes, did I? Oh, yeah, sorry, I did. How do you like them apples, Marcel Jura? Marcus, he's got soul, Campbell. Have great. I... No, that's a great joke. <laughs> it's good. Now, I, I needed to read it out loud to hear it. I like that. Have a glass of sherry, Martel J. Simmons. Nice. He's got two first names, Matt Howard. That is our Hall of Fame class here for the 13th of September, 2022. Thank you so much to those Patreon backers. Uh, check out patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk for all of those great goodies that I was just mentioning there. I really enjoyed that. Thank you very much.
uh, let's get into the rest of your ultra chance. We've got a few more on the Dexter Loomis situation from Riot DR. said, based on Loomis's run in NXT, the punchline may be that every member of Miz's family starts to love Loomis and only the Miz sees him as the creep. I recently watched What About Bob? So the idea is fresh in my head. Side note, would love the brother twist. That, that also sort of ties into the idea of like him playing with the family and things like that, integrating in that. That would be kind of interesting, yeah. There could be actually some very funny visuals there of Dexter Loomis with his gloves on, his murderer's gloves on that he's got. <laughs> Dance, slow dancing with Maurice. Yeah. yeah, while the kids are sort of walking around being like, oh, Uncle Dex is so mm. funny. And the Miz is being like, the guy's a psychopath. What is going on here? That could actually be quite good. Yeah, I'm into that. Uh, Jay O'Feller has been a member for seven months in a row. Said afternoon, lads. I'm not going to sit here and have you slander my man Dexter. Thank you. All jokes aside, hope you guys are having a great day. Jam that jam. Indeed. Uh, Riot DR on the subject of the women's division says to play devil's avocado, Raquel is being booked like Diesel in his WWF title run, always winning and smiling. Well, Riot, that worked out so well <laughs> for Diesel's <laughs> WWF title run. <laughs> Triple H refuses to give up on Aaliyah, who is trying to be fair. Yeah, but don't give her a title then yet. So Aaliyah was in NXT for what felt like an eternity. She was in Breaking Ground. Do you remember Breaking Ground, the yeah. show? That was, she had a whole episode off. Really? Yeah. Like a, a, that was a great documentary, by the way. I really enjoyed that on the network. The only one I remember is Baron Corbin going to gigs on his own. To do that, yeah. There's <laughs> <laughs> also, um, it was a, the, the running arc of the whole thing was, um, not Tyler Bate. Tyler Breeze? That one. Not being able to get on the main roster and then finally get to the main roster. But there was a whole episode where Aaliyah... The, and this is the funny thing I just realised. <laughs> in Breaking Ground, Aaliyah wasn't good. The whole arc of the show was that she wasn't very good yet. Oh my god. Anyway, yeah. Uh, different note. Sonny Deville may be the most underwhelming wrestler on the roster. That's not true. <laughs> you just mentioned Aaliyah. Yeah. I like Sonny Deville. I just think that was bad. Um... Chris here says, I want to ask why it was Sonya in the match. Why, uh, why not Alexa or Asuka um, put on a good competitive match? I'd have really enjoyed that yeah. as well. Like um, an open challenge if it continues. But, you know. Yeah. Also, there could have been an, yeah, there could have been an argument of like, I helped you out a load with the damage control people. And that would have given Alexa or Asuka a reason to be out there. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Much better. You really nailed it. Well done. Uh, and Chris said, Alexa hasn't had a singles championship for over a year. I, I don't think that's a problem. Like, no. You don't have to always be a champion. Um, but yeah, so the, you come down to say the two. I've got good faith in Triple H, but you've got to do something with Alexa. Could not agree Save with you her. more on that. She needs something so much better than this. Uh, I will hot tag over to you, starting, starting with Garmunro. Where are we? Where? Uh, have you hit the little refresh? Oh, button? hello. The re you, yeah, your your favorite refresh, refresh button. button. Yeah. I see it. Good news for you, Owen. Based on WWE logic, we will probably get a six woman tag, and Bianca and friends. <laughs> <laughs> Bianca and Friends is the best name. I'm obsessed with this. At Extreme Rules, probably in a no DQ match. Yeah, I completely agree. That's yeah, probably almost be, certainly yeah. what's on the line. Because we're in an era of no rematches, apart from all those rematches yeah. that we're having. <laughs> yeah. uh, Got to mention the Raw chat. Yes, please do. Look yeah. at me. Look at me trying to figure out how iPads work. Uh, Kevin says, Kevin Owens, prove me wrong, Austin. Prove me wrong. Do you get the reference? Yeah, I've, I've trying to place what it is, but like all I can hear is "Prove me wrong, Austin. Prove me wrong." I can't place can't, who no. it is. I feel like it's Benoit, but I don't know if it's Benoit. They'll tell us in the chat. They'll tell us in the chat. Thank While you. you keep an eye on that, Gargano versus Gable and KO's promo were the highlights of the show. The rest was fine. Sonya answering the open challenge was so anticlimactic, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, again, the first week of an open challenge is allowed to be open compacted if it's going to carry on that's it if this is a weekly thing if this was just a one-off weird 
Uh, Riot DR says, wrestlers and aspiring wrestlers, please make sure to purchase wrestling gear and clothing that properly fits. <laughs> I eat drawstrings and sports bras for wrestling. Adjusting your gear during the match is distracting. Dominic and Sonia, one of my peeves. Completely agree on this. I actually spotted it when we were watching Classic Raw. Uh, Grandmaster Sexay and his do-rag yes. was really starting to get on my nerves. Gear that fits, please. And by the end, they're standing tall and Dominic's shirt is completely sideways. Yeah, no, com- thank you for being brave enough to say that out loud. Um, and Slick Rob says, when Rhea whispered in Dom's ear and he repeated, I'm not your little boy anymore, I kept expecting him to follow that up with, I'm her little boy. <laughs> I'm a real boy. I'm a real boy. Uh, well, that is all of the Ultra Chats. Thank you all so much for those. And thank you to this episode's sponsor, Incogni. Please do click the link in the video description down below and you can get 20% off your order at checkout if you are one of the first 100 people to use our promo code WTPODCAST at checkout. Thank you so much to Incogni for sponsoring this episode. Dan, thank you so much for, for doing this episode as well. I just have to say thank you so much for having me. I've had such a good time. It's been a pleasure. Is With there any, you. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, uh, in my new iron. I'd like to plug in my new iron at home and iron my shirts when I get there. Click the subscribe button. Uh, press that thumbs up button while you're at it. Um, we'll see you on, hey, hey, on, we'll see you on Thursday, in fact. Me and Ollie will be doing the, oh no, me and Ollie won't be doing it. Me and Tempest, because Ollie's on holiday this week. Me and Tempest will be reviewing AEW Dynamite, which has got Chris Jericho versus Danielson. Yep. It's got Moxley versus Sammy Guevara. The winners of those are going to have to face a Grand Slam to be the new AEW World Champion. AEW being backed in a corner and then coming through. I'm here for this, by the way. Like you push them, you know, make them make them scrap and they'll come back. This is yeah. yeah. It's been it's been a rough hour few weeks. Interesting. It's been a rough hour few weeks for for AEW. But it'll be me, oh, poor old Tony. But me and Tempest will be reviewing that on Thursday here on the podcast channel, and then on Friday it'll be the Blackpool Content Club with me, Tempest, and maybe Pete. Oh, it's a great name. Thank you very much. If Pete is well enough, go and send everyone well wishes to Pete. By the way, he's not been in since Thursday because he's just not very well. It's been poorly. It's been very poorly. Very Pete now. Poorly Pete and Andy Dance has not been well either. So um, thank you so much for watching. I have been Lico and D A D. This has been the professor dan layton and that was wrestling jam that jam Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 